Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on December 10th, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. This episode features a look at some statehouse action this week from the new voting maps to a controversial anti-vaccine bill that got through the House. We look at the National Defense Authorization Act passed by the U.S. House and what it means for military and nuclear facilities in our state. USC's Dr. Joey Von Nessen gives us an economic recap of 2021 and record-setting business continues at our state ports. Also, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear from you. That's why we have a voicemail box to hear from you at 803-563-7169. Give us your name, a little message, and also tell us where you're calling from, uh, what's going on in your world. We love hearing from our leaders out there. You guys always have interesting things to talk to us about, and we want to hear from you at 803-563-7169. Social Security, last four of your social, maiden name, and just uh, the street you grew up on. (laughs) Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 14,375 total deaths, and currently there are 929,077 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of December 10th at 4 p.m. Our percent positive rate is 5.6%. 482 South Carolinians are hospitalized, 126 are in intensive care, and 65 are on ventilators. All these numbers are up from last week. And right now, 50.8% of all eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. All right, we got a big politics section for you. So let's start off with two of the biggest stories that came out of the State House this week, one of which we've been talking about extensively, and that's the passage of the House and Senate voting maps that lawmakers changed based on the 2020 census. Both maps were approved this week and head to the governor, with voting rights advocates saying that the House map, which directly affects 10 districts, is gerrymandered to lessen competition and reinforce a strong Republican majority, whereas the Senate version's loss of one district in Richland County due to explosive low country growth is seen as more fair. But the big debate this week was over a fast-tracked, controversial bill that originally would have prohibited employers from implementing mask mandates at their own place of work. The debate centered around the far-right Republican bill sponsored by Lawrence Republican Representative Stuart Jones that made it on the House floor on Thursday. And for more than five hours, Democrats drew out debate over a bill they called anti-business, at times lecturing pro-business, anti-regulation Republicans over what they saw as blatant hypocrisy in government intervention in private enterprise. Also, some Republicans can tout the bill ahead of the upcoming primaries next June. Here's Orangeburg Democratic Representative Gilda Cobb-Hunter, the longest-serving House member, who caught herself doing something she's never done before in a debate. We are a right-to-work state. God, it just kills me that I'm standing up here talking positively about right-to-work. For those who know me, you know I don't know if the sky is going to open up and something's going to happen to me for talking and promoting right to work when I am so opposed to it. But I believe real strongly that employers ought to have the ability to mandate and to do whatever they will at their place of business. Again, 
y'all got all caught up with these people who read these, these different sources of news and now you want to impose your will on the business community. Y'all better hope and pray that the business community don't say to you, you know what Republican caucus, you know what Republican party, we see you, we know you, we know that we are not going to be able to count on you if the vocal minority that supports you wins the day. Vocal minority, that's what we have operating in South Carolina and in this country. The, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, they are loud, and so that makes you think that they are in the majority. That's just a snippet of how topsy-turvy this debate was. Several chambers of commerce around the state called foul on the bill, and the Trucking Association said in part, this prohibits business owners' freedom to establish their own workplace vaccination policy decisions and sets up an erosion of freedoms, owners' rights, and their ability to establish their own conditions for employment, quote. The group, which is anti-mandate but pro-vaccine, said the legislation would also result in a flood of lawsuits. Democrat Representative Russell Ott gave his opinion on why this was all happening. We're doing this for political reasons. That is what this is about. This is about groups that are getting geared up for their primaries that are upcoming, and they got to be as strong as they can possibly be. They got to be able to go home and they got to be able to say, look at what I did. Because if not, I'm very concerned. If that's not the case, then I'm very concerned that this body would rush a bill like this through in this manner with this many problems that could cause unbelievable detrimental consequences to our state, our business community, and the people that work in this great state of South Carolina. Few Republicans spoke at length on the bill, including Jones, who authored the legislation and got caught in a back and forth with House Minority Leader and lawyer Todd Rutherford of Columbia over the legal problems the bill created. But my question is, the guy that gets fired because he showed up to work late, but he's also unvaccinated, he sues because I got fired because I'm unvaccinated. He sues. This bill allows him to do that. It, it's going to make that employer hire a lawyer and come in and defend this case. And in even the most reasonable circuit in this state, it's going to be a year of litigation and a year of having to pay some big law firm five, six hundred dollars an hour to defend himself against you and your bill. I disagree with that because if, if the employee is not coming in on time, then there's other things going on other than the vaccine. But the point of this is to set limitations I don't on think being able to it. fire people for not, for not having a vaccine. But all due respect, I don't think you've read the bill because if he gets fired because he's unvaccinated, he gets to make that claim. His employer, through his lawyers, gets to rebuff that. But that would be done at a rate of five to $600 an hour because that's how litigation goes. Now, I know that was long, that was about three minutes of debate, and the bill was later amended, but I want y'all to really understand how some of these bills become what they are. Like I said, it was later amended by House Majority Leader Gary Simrel, and the private employer vaccine mandate ban was removed. As passed, first responders are exempt from vaccine mandates, and anyone fired over a vaccine mandate can receive unemployment benefits. The bill also declared vaccine mandates unconstitutional and $20 million was set aside for COVID testing for private businesses. And just a note, 
All these federal mandates that the bill was in response to are currently on pause and working their way through the courts, including the federal contractor mandate that a federal judge in Georgia just issued a preliminary injunction for this week. Welcome to election year legislating, folks. Now let's talk about something a little more bipartisan, huh? Hmm? Defense spending. Hmm. Turns out several South Carolina military installations made Santa's nice list this year. On Tuesday evening, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a compromise $768 billion defense policy bill, the National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, by a vote of 363 to 70. That comes with 194 Republicans backing it and only 19 Republicans against it, including South Carolina representatives Ralph Norman and Tom Rice. Now, it's a 2,000-page bill, and while that's like nothing for me to read, I didn't read all of it. But through the magic of Control-F, I searched key terms like South Carolina and Savannah Riverside, and here are some of the highlights. Let's start with Marine Corps Air Station Beaufort, which is home to four fighter attack squadrons and two fighter attack training squadrons. The latter two are for the military's advanced fighter, the F-35B. Marine pilots train on the $100 million fighter jet that is capable of short takeoffs and vertical landing, capabilities that come in handy on an aircraft carrier. The NDAA has $4.7 million for F-35B operational support at the base and $122 million for an aircraft maintenance hangar. Big investments for the base, as well as some other money for improvements. Over on Paris Island, the Marine Corps Depot got $6 million for entry control. Up the road, Joint Base Charleston is slated for $29 million for a flight line facility and $30 million for a new fire and rescue station. In the Midlands, Fort Jackson, the Army's largest training installation, is set to receive $55 million for a reception barracks complex. And McIntyre Joint National Guard Base in Sumter, home to the SC Air National Guard, would see $9.8 million for an F-16 mission training center. The 157th Fighter Squadron, the Swamp Foxes, fly F-16s out of the base. All told, that's $273 million for those installations. And the Savannah River site, which is not a military installation, saw funding increased by $603 million, helping push up total funding to $1.58 billion. This comes as the site is gearing up to produce plutonium pits for nuclear warheads. Keeping with the NDAA, several policy items were included in the massive bill, including one that would require the Secretary of Defense to establish a task force to address the effects of perfluoral kill substances, also known as PFAs. A report detailing these sites and a proposed schedule for remediation of these harmful forever chemicals that can contaminate groundwater would be compiled nine months after the NDAA is signed into law. It would include studying several sites, including the former Myrtle Beach Air Force Base, and the Charleston Air Force Base. PFAs have been found in fire suppression foam used at the bases. Now, you may remember that former Post and Courier reporter Andy Brown and friend of the pod covered this issue two years ago. But a big policy kerfuffle centered around the removal of a provision that would require women to do what men have been doing for decades, sign up for selective service. Though there hasn't been a draft in nearly 50 years and women serve in the military, some Republicans took umbrage with the proposal saying it could break up the family unit, including Oklahoma Republican Senator James Inhofe, who said in part, plain and simple, we shouldn't be forcing our daughters and granddaughters to register for the Selective Service. Iowa Republican Senator Joni Ernst served in the State National Guard from 1993 to 2015 and retired with the rank Lieutenant Colonel. She served as a commander of the Iowa National Guard when the 1,168th Transportation Company deployed to Kuwait for a year in 2003. 
The unit drove supply convoys into Iraq, among other duties. Needless to say, she disagreed. We have fought so long and hard to be treated as equals when it comes to the combat arms. And roughly six years or so ago, combat arms were open to females. As long as you meet the standard required by that branch of service, you should be allowed to participate. Because we are asking for equal opportunity within the military structure, we also should expect that of our young women um, across the United States. And God forbid that we ever have a draft again. We hope that never, ever happens. I want to continue to see a strong all-volunteer force, um, but to think that uh, we would only send uh, women picked by the draft to the front lines to fight in infantry units, I think that's what a lot of America thinks of when they think about the draft. But I know full well that a woman could uh, certainly although she could choose to serve in the infantry if she met the standard, she could also serve to serve, uh, choose to serve in a cyber unit. Mm -hmm. um, all of these jobs are important. I know it's long, but this is a big bill. It's a lot of ramifications, including a proposal to combat sexual assaults in the military that was adopted, though that language had been watered down. According to the New York Times, independent military prosecutors would replace commanders in determining whether those accused of sexual assault, rape, murder, domestic violence, and an array of other offenses would be prosecuted. Sexual harassment would be criminalized, but would not fall under the special prosecutor structure, a concession to opponents of the changes. So a lot going on there, and now the NDAA heads to the Senate, which has been in disarray over this. Typically the House and the Senate pass their own bills, but the Senate hasn't, though the current version is a compromise bill with broad support. Now again, this is an authorization bill, not the appropriation bill though the components of the NDAA are basically fully approved under current House appropriation measures. Nothing will be appropriated until February at the earliest because we're operating under a continuing resolution. This is what happens when we don't fund government properly. And that means we're still at last year's budget levels. And this concerns military leaders, including Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who said in a statement, quote, a full year CR would be a fiscally unsound way of funding the Department of Defense and the government as a whole. It would misalign billions of dollars and resources in a manner inconsistent with evolving threats in the national security landscape, which would erode the U.S. military advantage relative to China, impede our ability to innovate and modernize, degrade readiness, and hurt our people and their families, quote. It would also delay a 2.7% pay increase for service members. That's it. This past week, economic professors from the University of South Carolina Darlamore School of Business gave their annual 2022 economic outlook, which is rosy because the economy, despite inflation and labor concerns, is doing pretty great in South Carolina. Dr. Joey Von Nessen gives the annual presentation for the state's economic forecast, and I spoke with him on This Week in South Carolina about how things are currently faring in the state. There are certainly problems that we're still seeing throughout the economy in, in 2021. That includes the supply chain shortages and it includes the higher inflation rates. And, and that has practical implications for individuals and for South Carolinians. So to give you an example with inflation, inflation is at 6% currently. And that we estimate has eroded basically 40% of 
work of the workforce in South Carolina in terms of their purchasing power. So 40% of South Carolina workers have less purchasing power now than they did a year ago. So that is a reality that South Carolinians face. And that's something that we're going to be dealing with going into 2022. So when you look at the challenges with inflation, along with the supply chain bottlenecks where consumers are having trouble at the store getting the goods they need, there are still some some challenges, even though we are, have seen a good year of recovery. So, Joe, when you talk about that, when you talk about different sectors that haven't fully recovered yet, do you expect that to happen in 2022? What do you what do you think that will we'll be will we will we be sorry fully back to our pre-pandemic levels uh, when we look at the economy in 2022? In your opinion? Yes. So, in 2022, we expect for all industry sectors to be fully recovered. Right now, we've seen most that are within uh, about a, a percentage point or two of their pre-recession employment levels, which is really the gauge that we typically use to, to measure how close we are to pre-pandemic levels of activity, just looking at that employment overall. Leisure and hospitality is the sector that has the farthest to go. It's still down between about eight and 10%, depending on how we specifically measure it. But part of that is, is the fact that it fell so, so far. So leisure and hospitality lost about 50%. Literally half of the jobs in that industry were wiped out between February and April of 2020. So that's just a big hole that they've had to climb out of. So they're still down significantly. But even having said that, tourism had a great year, one of its best years ever in South Carolina in 2021. So it's recovering nicely too. And looking more broadly, we expect most industry sectors to see full recovery next year. So if we switch from tourism and hospitality to maybe some uh, other sectors, where are we seeing the most growth in our state when it comes to uh, jobs and, and maybe parts of the state geographically? So this, the sectors that have either fully recovered or mostly re recovered are construction. So housing is doing very well. The logistics sector, uh, which is a shorthand term that we use for everything related to transportation, distribution and warehousing. So think about all the Amazon distribution centers and Walmart distribution centers. Um, so that sector is doing very well because people have been staying home and have been ordering more products online. So employment there doing very well, and that industry has been growing rapidly in South Carolina. And in manufacturing, another sector that has recovered very well because manufacturers are supplying this demand that, that consumers have, with consumer goods demand being so high in, in 2021. So if we look at those sectors, what that basically shows is that um, the upstate is, is doing the best overall in terms of recovery because they're so so concentrated within the manufacturing sector. And then secondly, the coastal regions of South Carolina. So that includes Charleston and Myrtle Beach and Hilton Head, because we're seeing more people move into the state and they're moving primarily to the coastal areas. And that's creating a, a greater market for consumer goods, as well as for housing and, and, and construction. So the upstate and, and, and coastal South Carolina by far doing the best this year. Yeah, and two big areas that we saw our biggest growth of the, over the past decade as well. Um, do you think that the two are, are connected in that way? Well, yes, I, I think that we're likely to see that to continue going forward into the into the 2020s. If we look at industries that are going to really drive our growth for the next decade, it really does come down to, to manufacturing and also to the logistics sector as a result of population growth that we're expecting. One of the things that South Carolina will need to be more proactive about focusing on over the next decade is responding to this increase in consumer demand in the southeastern United States because this is the region of the country that is growing and is projected to grow at the fastest rate through at least the year 2040. So if we look at this logistics sector and South Carolina as, as 
very well geographically positioned, not only to receive goods from overseas through the port, but also to be able to to distribute them throughout the eastern seaboard and throughout the the southeastern United States. South Carolina is well suited to expand its logistics sector as more and more people move to this area of the country and are ordering more goods online. Now, my interview with Dr. Von Nessen was the entire episode. So on Tuesday, I'll bring you more of his comments specifically on inflation and what to expect in the new year. Of course, you could cheat and watch the full episode on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. And on the way out, the South Carolina Ports Authority said it saw a record-setting November with the most containers ever handled in a month. November marks the ninth consecutive month of year-over-year monthly record cargo volumes as unprecedented retail imports continue to flow into the Port of Charleston. November volumes also surpassed the previous monthly container record, which was set in March. That's consumption. Thus far in fiscal year 2022, SC Ports handled 1.17 million 20-foot equivalent units since July 1st. That's up nearly 17% from the same time a year ago. And that's what our economy is based on, baby. Bye now. Welcome to the wind down section as we wind down the year. You know, it's our little break from the news and we love hearing from you. That's why we have a phone number for you to call 803-563-7169. So you can tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods as Al Roker would say it. But we love to hear from you, so let us know what's up, what you're doing this holiday season, how you're celebrating, what you're getting us for Christmas, you can tell us. I mean, Is it, it a pair of Crocs? You could call, you could tell me, and then I won't tell Gavin. And then you can tell Gavin what you're getting me, <laughs> and he won't tell me, you know? Like, yeah. we're good at keeping secrets. I mean, I don't know anything about him personally beyond work, so, like, he's very discreet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't do anything. I mean, I think he has hair plugs, but I'm not sure. Hey! I don't ask. I don't ask. <laughs> if I did, there'd be less forehead, I'll tell you that. <laughs> More like five head, don't I? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it'd be like right above the brow. <laughs> I'd go all the way to the eyebrow. Look how strong this hairline is. <laughs> oh, man. Look at that. You, you don't know where the, the brow starts and ends. Absolute alpha hairline right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. going to be the future. Oh, we got to do predictions in an upcoming episode. Okay, it's yeah. going to be hot for 2020. You know what? Write that down. You know what was my prediction for this year, hmm. which we've kind of harped on? was just about how we'd become more casual, even though we were returning to work, so you'd think the opposite would be true. Yeah. But ba- just based on our conversations about Crocs and the prevalence that we've observed <laughs> anecdotally, I think it's safe to say my resolution, my projection, my forecast was, was accurate. I'm honestly shocked the legs the Crocs conversation has had here. I'm not going to lie. I'm oh, pretty surprised. We had it at lunch today. You remember? It was just, I know. Oh, we, we, we saw... spot some in the wild, so we had to just start It was crazy because it was raining, and this guy was wearing Crocs yeah, with see, socks. That's, like, that's, that's psycho. That's psychopathic, you know? Yeah, you could wear them without socks, but the socks with rain. Come you on. know what's the worst is wet socks, Whoa. right? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gavin, we got a call, okay? It's neither here nor there right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we got a call, so uh, let's get to it. Go ahead, caller. Go ahead, caller. Go ahead. <laughs> You're live. Hey, Gavin E.T., happy haunted days. Hope you're doing well. It's Dave from West Columbia. Longtime listener, frequent caller, um, fully boosted. Just checking in with you all. Make sure you're you're boosted up, feeling good, looking good. Um, excited to really consume heavily in this holiday season. Um, I'm just buying so much stuff on the Internet. I, I mean, I know all the delivery guys on a first-name basis. Anyways, I just wanted to call because uh, – I know there was a, a discussion that's kind of tailed off, and it was about, you know, what's the most powerful weapon in Lord of the Rings? And I heard all these crazy answers, and 
And it's like you guys didn't even watch the movie. You definitely didn't read the books. I mean, everybody knows that the most powerful weapon in Lord of the Rings is the power of friendship. I mean, just look at the last scene with Frodo there. I mean, the eye contact they give each other. I mean, can you beat that? Um, they look, look what they did. It's just amazing. So, uh, anyways, that should settle that argument. I hope it's all well. Hope you have, uh, really a nice holiday season. And, and more importantly, I hope Gavin, you get some time off because, because you really deserve it. Uh, that's it, folks. I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Dave, thanks for calling. Rotman, uh, if you if you if you've looked on our social medias, you know that he is the author of our first non fungible token. Yes, NFTs for cool kids. Well, I think we're gonna start Gavin coins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't go. A good little preview, I guess. Yeah, but uh, we we bought this with Ethereum. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> guys, do not screen grab that. Okay, that's that's an authentic that's, NFT. But yes, my friend Dave. He, I mean, he's both of our friends. He yes. called in. He's a great friend. Love it. Look, he, he he gets some shots in it. Both of us. Sure. I mean, he's. I need another vacation. You do need another okay? vacation. And, I can only uh, work at three month chunks at a time. And he's making fun of me for reading. I know that he. He hates Lord of the Rings, yeah. first of all. But so what a great takeaway, the power of friendship. The right? power of friendship. I mean, it's not about the journey. <laughs> it's about the friends you make along the way, you know? <laughs> it's about tearing each other apart on the way. <laughs> yeah, that's why they didn't fly the Eagles to Mordor, because then they wouldn't have made any friends. Um, also, he, he mentioned about getting boosted. I'm, I'm going to get boosted soon, and, and I didn't include this in our medical section because we didn't have one, but they're talking about how Pfizer has really seen a, a good increase in antibodies when you get that third shot. Yes. I'm just trying to figure out when to do it. You know, and you, Maybe you, sometime next week or this Sunday I'm going to do yes, it. Yes, that's good. It's just tricky because you, know, you, you don't know how it's going to affect you. My biggest advice, uh, speaking from You're a, not a medical professional. Speaking from a boosted position. Oh, okay, very high-minded position. Yes, I'm speaking <laughs> down to you right now, so listen. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> no eye contact, please. <laughs> Is that uh, do it in the morning? Get oh. your shot in the morning. So th- your wor- if you have any side effects, it'll be like while you're sleeping or something like that. Mm-hmm. You'll sleep it. Off. You'll sleep it off. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I only sleep for two hours. Yeah, and most of that's like with my eyes open. <laughs> you sleep like Gandalf does. Uh, we all know that. Cryo tube. He sleeps with his eyes open at the ready. Anyway, Gavin, speaking of friends along the way, you and I, <laughs> oh God, we yeah. we issued yeah. we issued a red notice red of our notice. own last week <laughs> that uh, we yeah. were going to be discussing yes. spoilers of the movie. Spoilers. Red if, notice. If you don't want to hear, skip ahead. Skip ahead. Skip ahead. <laughs> but you're gonna like this, okay? Because this, I, I, Gavin, you watched it first. I did. And I gotta Surprisingly. say, it is, I loved it. I had a great time. And I took some notes. And Red I, Notice on Netflix. Yes, on Netflix. Red Notice starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. And it's a Robcom, robbery com. Robber, yeah, Gavin Rob-com. has ra- Gavin Rob-com. has coined the idea of uh, the Robcom. Just like Ocean's Eleven through. 22. Which is ultimately <laughs> I guess eight through a love story, right? <laughs> but anyway, uh, this movie. <laughs> this is how I express my love. This movie, <laughs> I, I truly did love. I, I basically texted Gavin the whole time you I was did, watching You did, you did. It was um, fun to watch in real time. I don't want to ruin anything for you, so the, I didn't talk The funniest much. thing to me is that there are so many bullets shot out of guns in this Correct. movie, right? But I, I noticed not a single person gets hit with a bullet. No one gets shot. <laughs> And we're talking mini guns. We're talking yeah. six, seven people with machine guns shooting at people. No one in Amazing. this movie gets shot. <laughs> yeah, it's all very non-lethal, which is very on brand for The Rock. Yes, and there, it's great. There are so many great set pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock walks off getting hit by a bull. <laughs> 
<laughs> which one of my favorite set pieces is that they get tortured at a bullfight. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> in Spain or something. I, and I'm just like, what, and, where, he, who who, who it, thought of this? At some points, I'm like, is there a limit on how many Ryan Reynolds quips we can be exposed to? I don't think so. Because it's okay, but it's like, oh, I get That's it. Like, thing. this is your shtick, Ryan, but like, hi. Hey, That's his bread and butter. And honestly, he can pull it off, but. I thought it was great. A lot I of, loved it. A lot of uh, turtlenecks sported by The Rock. Yeah, a lot of Who is a uh, FBI profiler. Yes, he's an FBI profile and, who catches art thieves. But uh, he's not all that he's cracked up to I be. don't don't know, I but I mean, did, we're not well, saying- we did say spoilers. Yeah, okay. But, but I don't want to, maybe that's the biggest spoiler, that's, but- Yes. Let's keep that in the back. <laughs> Nothing kind of spoiled it by no, 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 no. If you watch this movie, there are a lot of twists and a turns. A lot of twists and to turns. To the point You're of, be confused. like, the, uh, the, the stars, both of them, every twist, they're like, come on. Yeah. Like, stop it. I like, mean, it's, it's a little priest, like, it's self-aware a little bit, you know? But people people love it, and to prove that they love it so much, it's like, what, the top streaming movie on Netflix of all time. Ever, yeah. Ever, yeah. And, and it's replacing Bird Box. Bird, bo- Bird Box. Bird Box. Bird Box. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> which I've still never seen. I've never seen it either. Well, only because I was blindfolded the whole time. Yes, it's a blindfold, yeah. I listened to it. Yeah. Well, you wanted to be the immersive <laughs> experience. Like, you wore a turtleneck when you watched this movie, right? Yeah, you better Van Gogh, as Stop everyone it. says in this Stop it. Um, <laughs> That's the Van Gogh immersive experience. I do want to say... <laughs> Uh, that <laughs> at so the end, at, there's one part in this movie mm-hmm. where they go into uh, a Nazi treasure trove. Yes, and that's right. When they're going down, I heard Ryan Reynolds whistle the Indiana Jones theme yes, song. Yes, there's a lot of nods to it. No, 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 no. This is, then it doesn't just do a full nod. They do a shot-for-shot remake of Temple of Doom. It's it is actually like the cart uh, scene the, when yeah, they're getting yeah. out of the the well, temple. It's it's, it's like. Um... Last Crusade, you know, boxes of stuff everywhere, and then it's also Temple of Doom. But they they actually do a shot-for-shot Temple of Doom, and I was like, all right, they're going for it. I love it. And then did you notice the Vin Diesel shade? Uh, probably not as much as you would. Because they snuck in one jab, one barb at Vin Diesel Mm -hmm. at the end. That's just going to add to the Rock and Vin Diesel feud. I I, perfect. I loved. Yeah, it was Team Rock. It was great. Oh, I'm Team Rock all the way. Fully. What was the What was the jab? It was like. uh, some uh, audition tape of Vin Diesel. Yeah, it mm. exists. You know, uh, talking about how bad of an actor he is, really. And it's. I thought. I thought that was great. I, I, I just <laughs> thought that was very petty and good. Yeah, you gotta love it. You know, it's what people want. You know, that's what movies are gonna be. I do want to see our new movie that's coming out with that ensemble cast. Don't look up. Don't look up. Which is getting not great reviews. But, but I'm. I don't care. I, I know, think I'm gonna, gonna like be fun. it. It's yes. gonna be fun. I, I mean, I did the one thing I felt about. So when I saw Dune, the first thing I thought was, man, I would like to see this in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. You know, when I watched Red Notice, I was like, this was fun. This was great. It's what I thought it was. But I did not need to see this in a. In a theater. Yeah, and you know, uh, I can say that I, just, I went to go see House of Gucci, and I could probably mm-hmm. have done the same with that, too. Yeah. But since I'm having a Gucci-themed Christmas party... Yes. ...where everyone's required to wear authentic Gucci... I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not, not ga- I'm not going to get it's really dressed just, up. Well, that's because you're a party pooper. Yes, I am. But I'm it's, notorious. you know, it's just anyone can dress like a Gucci person. It doesn't take much. You don't have to buy it. Gucci's what I'm saying, an attitude. Like, it was good to watch. I mean, it was long, two and a half hours. Ridley Scott did it, so it was yeah. nicely done, but it was a little drawn out, but the acting was really superb, so it was nice, and I, you know, it's enjoyable. I could have stayed home and watched that, but I wanted yeah. to see it before 
Um, you know, I was watching. I'm going to keep going for a little bit, but I was watching the X Files movie. I told you about this last night. Yes. I was watching it, and honestly, you know, we love the X Files. What a great series! We're pro X Files. The movies were great too, but I think people might have read too much into them. I know that was always the hype. You know, everyone thinks of this great conspiracy and who knows what, but. You're saying I Fox think, Mulder fed into our conspiratorial oh, presence? You're like, FEMA's going to take over. Yes. FEMA camps. I mean, that was part of all the, the movie. And you're like, oh, man, like all that was 98, but it is like alive and well in the 2020s. I don't want to get I don't want to start going on this QAnon stuff because I, I enjoy it too much. Mm. But um, it truly if you if you really pay attention to QAnon, many of the biggest tenants mm-hmm. are from movies God. and TV shows. And so. They, they they took these things that they just liked from TV and they just Tried applied to look, them to yeah, real life. Yeah, and it's, and it's, like, it's crazy. It's, and that's, it's so that's our misinformation problem. That's a lot of issues with, you know, don't take the vaccine because it's part of the experiment for the alien. I mean, yeah. like, all so, that stuff finds I, a home these days. To so. tie to put a nice little bow on put this. Put a bow like, on it. You can want to believe. That's fine. But don't actually believe, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like but it was just You can want to believe like Mulder, but uh, yeah. just just enjoy it for what it is, folks. Yeah. Anyway, Gavin, say goodbye to these people. We'll talk to them after your yeah, party. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Let us know. Give us a shout. Like we just heard from Dave, 803-563-7169. It's a terrific phone number. We've got terrific people standing by at all times. And you can also leave us a review on iTunes. And stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. <laughs> Do you know how much passive income I earn just from not wearing socks? It's disgusting.